The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Well, hello, I am Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, our podcast, show for people around the world thinking and feeling deeply about climate change, their personal reactions and how climate change affects them in their daily life with, the, with their family and with their friends. And uh, Pano, you know, we've been talking about this general theme of being open to the world, you know, open heart, open mind, and taking in the world, mm. not shutting down, closing down. Um, and so we were going to talk about this in general. And recently there's been a lot of troubling even more than typical troubling troubling news you know here where when we're recording about politics and war and um you know recently a person um ended their life by burning themselves to death as a protest regarding climate change when bruce and it's been in the news slightly and it brought up um a, a similar event that happened a, f a, a few years ago with david buckle in new york city and so we were really wrestling about whether we should talk about this, um, these climate, uh, what I would call self-sacrifice, the self-immolation. And um, we decided to move forward into talking about it. I, I think we both think it's important. Um, so, Hanu, where, where, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when we're, we're thinking about this? Or where do, you, where do you begin with this kind of thing? Yeah, as you mentioned, Thomas, it's very disturbing and difficult and in my mind, it links with many things. One thing is early history. In my previous work life, I sometimes met, met, met people who had very dark thoughts and sometimes also suicidal ideation. But then again, we have to remember that there are many issues at play here. There's very uh, determined acts of self-sacrifice or think, thinking about things like self-immolation as a strategy for making some kind of impact in climate matters. Mm -hmm. And then there is the topic of having dark moods or uh, feelings of meaninglessness and uh, that kind of ter territory. And in general, uh, as you said, this links strongly also in my mind with the difficulty and importance of staying open to the world. That's something that I've been long time engaging with and Joanna Macy's work has been important for me in that regard and also work of several several others and then finally uh, the very also complex topic of relations between debt awareness and environmental awareness and there's uh, different viewpoints into that also including the so-called terror management theory so there's a lot and we'll be unpacking at least some of these in this discussion but i wanted to bring several mm -hmm. uh, elements into the table now yeah and i think we're gonna 
we're going to kind of move between some philosophy and psychology and just some human experience here. As I was telling Panu earlier, my thoughts about the the death of Wynn Bruce or David Buckle or, or others perhaps we don't know about that have done similar a- actions. Um, if Panu was walking with his family or if I was walking with my my daughter in, the, in, in our town and we saw someone who had done this act, who had, was, had burned, burned themselves to death, and then we didn't talk about it. We we pretended that it didn't happen, or we didn't see it. That would be that would be really strange. And if we live in a world where we don't we don't stop and and feel these things, so I don't think that's the world that we want. And so I think we do we do need to open to this. We were talking about social justice, and I think some of the philosophizing about this is is you know. You know, when white people do this kind of white privileged people do this kind of stuff, we, you know, we don't know how to understand it. But obviously, people die every day, and people have been burned in in climate related disasters and in wars all the time. And so, when brown brown lives, black and brown lives, are lost, sometimes this doesn't get as the same kind of press. Um, so we want to kind of keep all the all this kind of stuff. And I, I think practically therapists and mental health people are unsure how to bring this up because they're, well, first of all, they're not trained to to think about this. And then also there's a concern that um, there might be some sort of contagion effect where more people will do this. And we don't want to, we don't want to encourage this kind of behavior. And that's a real, that's a realistic concern as well. And so we need to name that. Um, but I don't know that there's really evidence of so-called copycat uh, activities uh, with this kind of thing for various reasons. It's a really extreme act to do. It would take a lot for anyone to do this. There's another larger conversation about politics and political action and uh, self-sacrifice in terms of hunger strikes and various things. You know, I know a little bit about the Irish hunger strikers in, the, in, the, in Northern Ireland and things like that. So there's a lot of, so just for the listeners, like, you know, we're we're making this up as we go as well. We are um, we are just thinking through this ourselves, but I think it's important to to be open and to be candid with our feelings. I think, Panu, what what you were talking about with me about work from Joanna Macy and Molly Young Brown um, coming back to life, their book, but you know the costs of not being open to the world and what causes not being open to the world. Do you think that would be helpful to talk about a little bit mm. right now, just to give us some context? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think think so. And for those of you who haven't heard of Joanna Macy, she's a systems thinker and a, a social environmental activist who has been pioneering many methods for encountering difficult emotions related to the state of the world. So already in the 1980s related to the threat of the nuclear war, war and fallout and later even more explicitly with the ecological crisis she's still uh, alive while we are recording this but of course of great great age and considered a sage in this ter- territory by by many and together with colleagues such as molly young brown she has been developing what they call the work that reconnects a, a method of trying to stay open to the state of the world and, and to increase people's resources. So coming from gratitude, honoring our pain for the world, 
seeing with new eyes going forwards. These are the names of the rough steps. And now the second step, honoring our pain for the world, is very much related to what we are talking about today. And the sort of widest manual to their work is this book, Coming Back to Life, has a second edition from roughly 2014. And it, it has a excellent chapter number two, which discusses the various reasons why it's very understandable that people want to block out at least some aspects of reality because it can be so painful, it can uh, cause some social disturbance and people are thinking about that, do I really want to, want to make changes in my social settings for example, mm-hmm. how will others think of me if I start to engage with these issues more, mm-hmm. so many different kinds of costs and then also uh, uh, a great discussion about the various uh, Im- impacts and impeded cognitive functioning is, is one. So if we are not as well in touch with our emotions, that also has an effect on our cognition. Mm-hmm. But then also uh, the impacts on imagination, for example, our connection with the world. They go on to discuss some pretty deep stuff related to, to our connections with the, with the world. And uh, that's, of course, also strongly related to the challenges of inviting people to stay open to the ecological crisis mm-hmm. and to environmental activism. So if, if people know that that's going to bring some pain uh, because you see others suffering and know much about the troubles in the world. So is there also something to gain? And I think this idea of when you are able to stay open to the world, it will be more painful than numbing, but it will also be a much richer life when you can actually feel the joy and feel the ch- sadness and other, other emotions. And of course, it's easier to contribute to the common good if you are able to stay open to, to the reality. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy and they are very realistic about mm-hmm. that. But I know, Thomas, that you have been uh, engaging with their work and uh, the work of other eco-psychologists in this regard for a long time. So well, what's your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, I think this is just, uh, Pano, just a great example. People have been working on this for years, and like, I'm always coming back to this idea, we're not alone, and there's people doing this. And I think the loneliness is one of the worst problems here, trying to cope with this alone, um, whereas coping with the with a community is, is different. And um, I think it's really great. I Even though I know this work, uh, it's helpful to, for me to be reminded again that there are costs of not opening to the world. Like we don't think as well. We're not creative. We're kind of shut down. Our imagination is limited. Um, even in our body, you know, it's kind of like a learned helplessness kind of thing. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of numb. And then, you know, when someone's numb, you can poke at them and hit them and they don't feel it because they're numb. And so that numbing is a self-protective you know, strategy, but it isn't helpful for social change uh, or working in a system. So um, we're more vibrant, we're more passionate. Uh, you know, we have we have more fire if we're more open. Um, and I, so I think again, it's sort of like how open do we get? Then that's the other side of it. Is like if we're too open, then we're flooded and overwhelmed and angry and dangerous. Um, and things like that. So it's, it's, it's all of us finding our kind of our right level of openness at any given time. 
and you know getting over like you say mm -hmm. the major blocks like is it guilt is it grief you know is it is it inadequacy some of these blocks like why we can't I don't want to talk about this person that, that mm -hmm. ended their life regarding climate change because I'm not doing enough myself and I don't have anything to say or their, their, their action is a, repro a, a reproach to me, you know? Um, uh, but I think that's something to, that's a block to move forward to. I don't think that's what they're doing these acts for. I don't really know what's in people's minds, but I think they want people to come together and so I think having a compassionate, mm. having a compassionate place is a good, is a good start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, as much as as I know about Win Bruce and David Buckle, they uh, wanted to encourage people to take mass level civil action for cl climate justice and for mitigation of climate change. So they were not uh, wanting people to get de desperate and do more self-immolation, but they really wanted to wake people up even more to the great urgency of the crisis. And then there's lots of discussion, especially now, of course, of the buckle case, because there's been a couple of years and people have had more time to write in-depth writings about it. But increasingly, I think also related to this very recent recent case, and we will put some links to the podcast web website uh, for those of you who want to take a take a deeper deeper look. And it's quite complicated is issues and. Then these cases, I'm speaking especially of the Buggle case, they uh, resist any binary categorizations. I think it, it's quite quite complex, complex in indeed. And mm -hmm. when I was speaking about the Joan Macy stuff earlier, I think that's closely related to the difficulty that many people are having uh, with connecting to these issues, because the topic topic of the ecological crisis and climate crisis is already threatening enough and then when it becomes linked with death and self-immolation it can simply become too much for for many people including i presume many many therapists but as you say say thomas it would be totally weird if we wouldn't discuss this and that would turn into quite absurd situation mm -hmm. this of course is also the opening of a great book by daniel sherrell called warmth yeah that's a book that we both have been in engaging with and it starts exactly with this absurdity of knowing about the self-immolation of david buckle and then the seeing the author sees personally that life is going on as normal in the park even you know right after these events yeah yeah so um you know, for th you for therapists and for people, you know, there's this, there's these statements. You know, you know, Panu would come up with some some actual statements for therapists to use. You know, this feels awful, but I want to stay with this with you. You know, I don't exactly know how to react to this, except I'm convinced that life has meaning and should not be thrown away, even for as an important a purpose as this. And so, the, you know, we 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 get to say what our what our belief is about life and what we think, uh, but we don't have to have all the answers. Um, it is, yeah, the, the Shirelle book, um, Warmth, is a great is a great book. It's a great example of a of a very deeply written, you know, self examination of climate grief and climate despair. 
I like some of the things that uh, Sherelle talks about. He talks about a, a, this idea of like a, a Bruegel painting, like a, a, a one of these old old paintings that that's a broad tapestry of life in a town and you see all the different people and you have to spend a lot of time looking at the painting to see all the different figures and what they're doing and you, there's a lot in the painting that you don't see unless you look very closely at all the sections of it and so um you know Bruegel has a painting called children's games which is just a, a broad you know community square with all the different activities but um that's what our life is like. We have a, a, a park where some people are running and some people are meditating and another person is burning themselves to death all at the same time. Um, and that's kind of a, a, a kind of a powerful metaphor, you know, for the world. But, you know, we'd say to our, our listeners too, you know, this feels awful, but we want to we stay with you with this. Um, tip for me when you're, when you're reading books like Warmth or... David Wallace Wells, the, the uninhabitable earth. I, you know, with warmth, it's best to start at the end and at start in the in the last several pages because that's where Sherelle kind of comes, brings his argument together. Similar with David Wallace Wells, if you start at the beginning of these books, I think sometimes people don't have the wherewithal to get through it because it's such a hard slog. You know, going through these the the writer's pain and the writer's you know, either the statistics about the dangers and all the you know, the cataclysms or else the personal pain. But when you get to the end, you know, starting at the end sometimes is a little helpful because that's where the author is kind of coming, coming together with their, with their thinking. And I really like what, what Sherelle said about um, your feelings are not reducible to their utility in the movement. He's a, he's a climate movement person. And so your feelings are not reducible to the movement. You know, fear and sadness are tools but they're also things unto themselves so that's another point to, to say that we don't have to translate every single emotion into action that leads that leads to this guilt and inadequacy i'm not doing enough but none of us is doing enough i mean we can't we can only do what we can do and what we do is is enough like what we're doing is enough we can get we can try to you know get better at what we're doing but as you're as you're dealing with this um i think we have to be careful of 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 translating all of our emotions into action and so some of this is just being just being with the emotions mm. yeah yeah i think that's a very important point and links with uh, things we discussed in our feelings of inadequacy episode also mm-hmm. some some months or, or weeks week, weeks back and macy and young brown used two words stamina and buoyancy mm. Uh, to describe some of the things that are needed and those came to my mind also when hearing you speak about Cheryl's book and I've had it for uh, at least half a year on myself. I've done some reading of it but um, mm-hmm. now because of the self-immolation thing I picked it up again and gave it more careful reading and and also for me even though I've been working with related issues for a long time partly perhaps because of that but also despite it uh, it's it's not easy stuff you know these uh, these books that really go into the heart of the matter so I think we need to be honest about that that it's uh, it, it is difficult and one, one needs to find also things to ba- balance the, these kinds of in- engagements which are of then, then again very much needed. And Cheryl has a long history with climate activism also in the sort of efforts to make a structural change 
So not just individual consumer behavior, but trying to work for structural change. So that's a special feature of the book also. So deep, deep uh, self-reflection about the dark emotions, but also uh, about action. Yeah, yeah. I love that um, stamina and buoyancy. That's just something to really sit with. Now, for some people, that might be stretch, what I call a stretch feeling, you know, from where you are feeling in this moment to have a sense of stamina, sense of strain. You know, stamina means strength and ability, capacity and buoyancy, you know, light, lightness, able to kind of rise above. Um, that's something I'm going to take away from our episode today, personally, is, you know, that these, they're stretch feelings, though, so I might not feel them right now, but if I put my mind onto them and I put them onto my feelings list, my feelings vocabulary list, they might, I might notice moments when I feel these things, because uh, we do feel all of these things at different times. Um, and so, again, there's the, the feelings where, we're, where we are, you know, whatever that happens to be, and trying to be really clear even again about this, this, these issue with these people ending their lives and this self-sacrifice or this political act or suicide or however you want to call it. I, I'm thinking of it as a political act, like a hunger strike or something like that. Um, you know, I might feel confused. I might feel curious, surprised. Again, there's a, there's an off-putting sense of all this sort of stuff. It's this, it's, it's fearful. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's unspeakable. But you know, we can also we can also be present with it. We can be aware. We can be self self um, self loving, and um, you know, being vulnerable to be to sit with these feelings. Um, and then from from the vulnerability and the presence, you know, the stamina and the buoyancy isn't 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 as far away. Um, and so we all have our versions of this kind of this stuff in our in our lives. Yeah, yeah, very much resonating with with that and. Um... In, in some of my work for four years ago, five years ago, the concept of hope was very central, but even then my main angle into hope was meaning or meaningfulness. And I think that the issue of stamina is very closely related to that. And of course, you know, if we talk about those dark moods where you don't go for self-immolation as a political act, but you are getting into danger of self-harming behaviors, then having some kind of meaning or experiencing enough meaning in your life can be even life life-saving. But of course, that's not just a continuing a feeling of always feeling meaningfulness, mm -hmm. but sometimes it really requires stamina uh, and sort of uh, wa walking on and meaning will present it itself, but so lots of social support are also also needed. So again, this is not a sort of heroic individual task, even though the individuals can do many, many things, but uh, a communal task of also providing support for each, each other mm -hmm. and clinging on. To, to meaning and some of the best existential literature in the 20th century for example has been written in very dark circumstances and still the still the folks like Viktor Frankl uh, is explicitly to talk about meaning mm -hmm. yeah yeah we didn't chat about this Panu but I I was reading about the Zen Zen peacekeeper movement um, and they have their three tenets of not knowing letting go of fixed ideas about yourself and the world and the universe and bearing witness to the joy and suffering of the world. And then 
you know, taking action that arises from this not knowing and this bearing witness. So again, it's, there are people that have been doing this kind of work in various ways. The Zen peacekeepers will go to different war zones or go to the, the sites from the Holocaust and sit and be present uh, to bear witness. So there's a bearing witness. At the, at, when in doubt, bear witness, I would say. Um, bear witness to the thing. And the actions will start to arise um, uh, from, the, from the bearing witness and from the, from the not knowing. Um, it's interesting, this Bruegel painting that Shirelle talks about, and I was Googling a bunch of these Peter Bruegel, the elder artworks from the 1500s. And um, I encourage listeners to Google some images because they're these elaborate paintings, but it gives us this image of life and all its varied complexities uh, that, are, that it's happening, the, the teeming multitude of life and, and, and activities. Um, I think that that can also bring us to the present moment and to the news that's in our town, that's in our community right around us. Because like that's as, as I say, when we get too caught up in the electronic media news, we actually don't know what's going on right around us. And that leads to that, that isolation and that anime and sense of, sense of you know, existential despair. But, you know, the, the world is happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And I know we've got we've to we've uh, close out this, this particular talk um, the world's happening all around the listeners, you know, who in their lives, um, I'm just starting my day here. Pano, you're finishing your day in Finland. Um, you had shared with me an interesting word earlier, Panu, uh, another great Finnish Calicort. word, uh, communal work. Uh, and it was coming up around your life. You want to share a little bit about that for the listeners? Yeah, it's it's part of this great fabric of life seen in the Bruegel paintings, for, for example. And this word in Finnish means that you get together with others, you don't get paid for the work, but you do something for them, for the common good, one might say. It, it might be related in the earlier times to the needs of one farm, for example, the need to build a roof together, the single family just couldn't do it. So the system was that you offered people some food and drink and then people came together and did the work. And of course that then led to reciprocity, people helping each other other out. And well, the 20th century has sometimes been hard on this culture of talcots, but luckily it still exists. And in the place where I'm living, there's the yard Talkot, Pihatalkot now, which is a tradition that the inhabitants come, come to come together outside and you know raking raking the fallen fallen leaves. Mm-hmm. We don't rake our forests, mm-hmm. uh, contrary to some 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 misguided political opinion opinions, but mm-hmm. we do rake our yards and then there's some grilling of of sausages, they even have vegan sausages, so our kids can eat eat, eat also also and doing sort of maintenance things that need to be done so there's this very nice social element also of uh, of socializing mm-hmm. and having fun, fun together so that's a good antidote to spending several hours of reading about these subjects yeah and it's all the one right panu i mean you you know your job is to sit with this and work on this and and also you have family and there are somewhere nearby where you are people are raking and um children are running around and, and food is being food is being prepared for the community um when we have that energy you know in the u.s with community cleanups and, and various things and it, again that's 
that's that's a piece of this that we need to add to our mix as we sit with all of this heavy stuff um so you know reconnecting with life in various forms uh, so yes you know i definitely have a lot of respect for uh win bruce and david buckle and their family and their friends and we're we're doing this episode out of out of out of respect for them and not knowing the whole story um and just bearing witness you know to this bearing witness to these events you know we're we're inadequate but we're 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 not guilty of of a conspiracy of silence and i feel really good about that um we're not being silent and we're not splitting yes pani will enjoy the evening there in finland and i hope that you can get your back into the work out the outside and help out with people with the with all the raking and the yard work or enjoy some time with your with your children and your family and your and your community this evening thank you thomas uh, i hope you have a nice nice work day a- ahead of you i know that your daughter is also coming home at some point in the in the afternoon and also for all you li- listeners to take care amidst these uh, times when the great fabri- fabric of life shows many many colors yes it's strained and worn but it's also beautiful So we'll end today, Climate Change and Happiness. You can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com. We're producing episodes by uh, every two weeks, and um, we're, we really enjoy your presence, and we wish you all well. Take care. Take care.